Good morning. Good morning. Okay, guys, I got to tell you this morning we we're on time. Melanie, close your mic. I can hear you scrambling with those papers. I love it. So this morning we we're on time, but then we started talking about Melanie Miller going to Australia. Melanie, can, can she hear me? Yeah, she did. Okay, cool. Um, and we're trying to calculate the 12 hours. No, and just says, no, it's 16 hours difference. Is it ahead? Is it backwards? Like I have no clue, but I know with Melanie Miller, she is so committed that she'll figure out a way to figure it out. And we're so flexible, me and Marie-Pierre, that we'll figure out a way to make it all work out. Good morning, everyone. I'm so excited about today's subject with the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. If you haven't gotten it yet, I strongly recommend it. And we are in chapter two, Why Teach Financial Literacy? Now, I've got grandparents out there. I've got parents out there. It is so important to teach financial literacy. Now, I already shared with you how differently I was raised compared to the average Canadian home. In my home, you know, as soon as you start, uh, you know, sitting at a table, you, you are integrated into financial uh, talks like our parents were very open about money, what was coming in, what was going out, what they wanted to do with money. It wasn't a hush hush subject. And it's always surprises me how I take people by surprise when out of the blue with somebody I just met and Monique, they'll tell me they work at the Bank of Montreal and, blah, blah, and it's instant instinctively I say, and how much do you earn? And then I and then I watched her reaction because I'm not used to this. I'm so used to my multi-level marketing business where I took my upbringing to being very open about money and I bring it into my multi-level marketing business where we talk about money all the time and I flash everybody's income all the time that when I say it out in the other part of the world and I see the reaction, I say, oh, it's not that normal after all. Hey, Melanie Miller, they look at me. And they go, what do you mean? Well, how much money do you make? And then some of them, <laughs> they're so nervous that they tell me the amount. And then I, I, I do this, right? I hammer them with, yeah, I know. But every two weeks, how much is deposited in your bank account? <laughs> and that's when I know that at times, Monique, I take it a little bit too far. But that's the reality check. Like, it's not that you're not earning $60,000 a year. Stop putting your head in the sand. You are not earning $60,000 a year. I need you, okay? It, now it's fun on the podcast because you're not facing me one-on-one -on -one where I'm intimidating you or you're feeling absolutely, uh, uh, oh, what's that, that English where you're repulsed. I can't believe she's asking me this question, but I'm asking you the question. How much do you make a year? by calculating how much is dropped in your bank account every two weeks because that is your disposable income and don't give me this yeah but you know i my, my company contributes to 
There's no contribution. At the end of the day, there's no contribution. My son, I think he's under $160,000 with the stock market. Like you have to understand anything that's placed in other people's hands, you have no control over. This is why I don't like RSPs. Okay. And this is not a subject of discussion. I'm just telling you why I don't like RSPs, why I don't like putting my money in the bank. Did you guys see the exchange rate with the US right now? We're at dollar fifty for a dollar Canadian. Guys, okay, the euro is at par with the US dollar. Okay, money has no value. What has value are assets that generate income. And this is why I love this subject today. So the second chapter is all about the explanation of an asset versus a liability, an asset versus a liability. Now, let me teach you guys some things, something this morning. My parents had no formal education. My mom was illiterate. She didn't know her ABCs. My dad had the equivalent maybe of a sixth grade, but God, they were intelligent when it came to money. You know, money in, money out, what's left is your real value. They had jobs like everybody else, but also quickly understood that the job was the first step to reaching the next step, which was being your own boss. So after a year they were in Canada, they knew that the job paycheck, they put it away and they had a side gig because my dad knew that the first eight hours you work to pay your expenses. It's every hour after that, that you had money to buy assets, right? So after one year of their arrival in Canada, mom and dad bought their first home. Now, this is where, you know, things would have been done differently. My uncle bought their first triplex. Now, I'm watching the faces of Melanie and, and, and Marie-Pierre. Who did the smarter thing? Home or threeplex? Threeplex. You see, big difference because when they bought the threeplex, they had money coming in, paying, paying the mortgage, paying the utilities, paying the insurance, right? Versus my parents bought a personal home, which became uh, liability. And this is what we're going to understand. And this is why Robert is often a controversy in, in, in what he says in his book. But after Melanie Miller explains it, you're going to understand it. And the ex examples Marie-Pierre is going to give. So I just want to close off this with the opening statements. Jean-Philippe right now is looking for a new home. He needs a space to run his e-commerce. He wants to generate $100,000 a month with his sales and his e-commerce business. And I'm telling him right away, do not buy a home, invest in a duplex, triplex, you know, quadruplex, whatever, where you have everything you need to live well, install your business. So at the end of the year, like my sister, not only is everything paid for, but she has an excess of $14,000. Can you guys imagine living for free like literally living for free and having an extra $14,000. What I did with Jean-Philippe, and this is what you need to do, is I sent him to meet my sister. So he drove from Quebec to Anjou in Montreal, and he went and see her, her living quarters. He went and speak with her because this is what you want to do. 
if you want to become rich dad. This is what Robert did. He hung out with the neighbors, his best friend's dad, who was rich dad. And this is how you grow at a faster rate. So anyways, all that being said, let's get to really wrap our brains around liability versus asset with, with Melanie Miller. Okay, somebody needs to allow me to unmute. Okay, okay. Good morning, everybody. So, um, I, I uh, this morning we are talking more, obviously, about uh, Mike and Robert a little bit, uh, but mostly about us because um, we are often our own problem. And uh, Mike and Robert, they continue to be friends all their lives. Um, Mike decided he actually took on the, uh, Ro his father's empire. And Robert uh, continued his journey. And by the age of 47, he retired. But what he wants you to understand, and certainly I understand this because it's what I'm doing, uh, what he uh, wants you to understand is that retirement for him doesn't mean he's not working. It just means that he can choose to work when he wants um, and he's not doing it to make money because he's doing it, he's doing it when he wants to do it um, because he, is, he has an income that's coming in all the time, which is enough plenty for him and his wife to live on. Um, and so he's technically retired. He says, you know, um, the problem Robert believes is not how to make money, but what you do with your money once you have it. And in a world in Canada where for every dollar seven, for every dollar that is earned, people are spending a dollar seventy one. That tells you a lot about how people are not handling money, that people, many, many people are in debt. And we've all heard about the lotto winners who win millions of dollars and they were poor before they started. They get the millions of dollars and they're poor when they finish because they don't know what to do with the money. And it's the same with young athletes and, you know, um, hockey stars and football stars. They have masses. I mean, we hear about their income. They have masses of income, but what do they have to show of it? I mean, many of them end up living homeless because they just don't know what to do with their money. So to make money, you have to be financially literate. And when um, um, Robert was growing up, Rich Dad drummed this into them all the time. And I, I love the analogy he gives in the book. Imagine you want to build the Empire State Building. Well, when you build the Empire State Building, as you all know, a big building needs huge foundations. People dig great big holes and put, you know, steady um, uh, girders in to be able to uh, support the big building. By contrast, we've all seen um, houses that are literally put up on a concrete block and they don't have foundations. And what happens a lot in society these days is people, they build an Empire State Building on a concrete block. What does that mean? That means they make, 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 make money, but they have no foundation 
to keep that money strong and so it all collapses in a heap. Our school system does not teach financial literacy. He learned his financial literacy from Rich Dad. And rule number one that he puts in this book is you must know the difference between an asset and a liability and buy assets. Rich people buy assets. Poor and middle-class people buy liabilities thinking that they're assets. If financial literacy is so important, why is it not taught? And, you know, the, the cynical answer to that is because actually the system wants you to not understand it so it can keep exploiting you. We are taught to read words, but we are not taught to read numbers. In a basic balance sheet, the asset Melanie, will... Yes. Melanie, just allow me. I love what you just said. They're not teaching us how to generate income because it has become the modern age of slavery. You mm -hmm. see, we have, we have broken the shackles of what we used to see as slaves. But today it's worse because they're invisible. They are invisible. And as long as they keep us there, the corporations get richer and richer. So I, I thank you. I love the way you put it. So um, in, in a basic balance sheet, the asset will give you income. A liability will give you expenses. And to, dis to understand how money works, you have to grasp that basic concept. I'm not going to talk to you about what an asset is or what a liability is because Marie-Pierre is going to uh, expand on that. But the difference between rich people and poor people is that most people are working to pay their liabilities. They're not working to make money. People are often looking for ways to make money. But in fact, that often doesn't solve the problem because I can tell you making more money often means just making more taxes and your disposable income doesn't actually increase if you want to make more money. So you, you have to look at every situation. You um, not only do you pay more taxes, but often people will make more money and they'll get a bigger house and they'll, you know, all their expenses will go up and they, they continue to increase their expenses as they increase their income. People end up working very hard, but never have their money work hard for them. Many professionals um, and many doctors, uh, vets, very professional people find themselves in the position where they they are doing things maybe for the wrong reason too they're making more money but they're spending more money and you know we were guilty of that i was in a situation where my husband was making masses of money in a year and we were struggling financially to break even we were living in a house that was way beyond uh, our means for what we were doing and so we were sucked in to the to the um 
the the thought that you need to have a big house if you have a big job. Well, I mean, that's totally irrelevant. Uh, thank goodness I met Maria who put me on the straight and narrow. And we have never looked back since the day we sold our big house and moved to a small house. Well, it's not small, but a smaller house that uh, is well within our means. My brother is an example of somebody who is totally caught in the get more money, buy bigger cars. Um, you know, he gets a, a, a lump sum of money from somewhere and rather than invest it, he buys himself some Mercedes because he believes that his car is an asset. It's not an asset, it's a liability because it's going to continue to cost him money. So it's all about how you spend money. We are taught when we're growing up that we have to get a good job, we have to buy a house, we have to be safe, we mustn't take risks. People are driven by fear to do what they do. They don't want to be different. They don't want to stand out in the crowd. Um, what Maria says about asking people about income is absolutely true. I have just started to ask people those questions and the look on their faces when you do it is incredible because it's almost like, well, why are you asking me that? What, what, what am I doing, right? So um, we needn't follow what everyone else does. The things we are taught are so ingrained in us that it's often really difficult to teach people because they have to unlearn what they've been taught. It's a process. People waste time earning money and not putting it to good use. If you look at a um, poor dad, simple statement, he will show that um, when we, when we um, look at our expenses, our expenses equal our income if we're lucky. That means we break even. That's where Alan and I were. We were breaking even. We didn't have many assets, but we had a lot of liabilities, right? If you look at a rich dad income statement, then his income is bigger than his expenses and his assets are bigger than his liabilities. So the rich get richer by increasing their income and decreasing their expenses, increasing their assets and decreasing their liabilities. That is the complete opposite to what most of us um, live in our lives. Most of us work to give our money to other people. We give our money to our companies. We give our money to, uh, why? Because the company owner or the shareholders, they're the ones making money. We're working for them and just getting a, a rate. We give our money to the government with taxes and we give our money to the banks because they basically control what goes up and what goes down. Then we have what is left. When Maria made us do the exercise of how, how much do you work during a year before you actually start making money, I worked out my husband worked six months of the year for free because all that money went to somebody else before he started making money. We need to learn to measure our wealth. We need to understand that if we stop working, 
how long could we survive? When you get to retirement, you need to be able to survive without working. And I don't mean survive on the breadline. I mean, be able to live how you want to live without worrying about money. At the moment, one of the sort of things I'm most proud of is that um, for Alan's um, uh, retirement package, it is continuing to grow because my income is paying for us to live. Now, if I stopped working, we would be able to draw on Alan's pension and still be able to live how we're living. But while ever we don't touch it, his, uh, our potential income is growing. So finally, the final thought I want to read, leave you with is the rich get rich by having assets. The poor get poor because of expenses and the middle class buy liabilities thinking that they're assets. So what I um, am going to, I'm hoping that Marie-Pierre is now going to explain to you what some assets and liabilities are. Thank you, Melanie. Yes, because it's something that we all know a little bit about, but not that much. And a lot of us will say, oh, I will buy a house and that will be my big asset when I start. But it's the most deceptive investment because it looks like asset, but is actually a liability. So the rich dad view is simple. Like Melanie said, buy assets, avoid liability. And the most common mistake is buying a house as a primary residence and considering it an asset in their primary investment. So why it, uh, we, can, we cannot consider it uh, as an asset? Uh, first, is because you don't get a rental income on your house. So in the meanwhile, you're paying large expenses. So your mortgage, your property taxes, the upkeep, uh, and you don't have income related with your house yes you can say but real estate will appreciate over the long term but there's no guarantee of this and if even if the real estate appreciate you get the gain only on the liquidation so many people will buy a new house every number of years each time incurring a new 30 years loan without truly understanding and really owning the house so don't consider your home as your natural biggest investment. They are better place to put your money with better return and more robust diversification. Buy only the house that you need. Don't overspend under the delusion that it's going to be a great investment or your major investment. Not buy to keep up with your entourage to say, oh, she has a new house. It's a bigger house. I should do it too. <laughs> Just keep the house that you need. If you get a pay raise, you don't upgrade your house if you don't need to. So this is the cause of the vicious cycle putting you in the rat race. So what is exactly a liability? So it's all the things that you have obligation. So buying uh, expensive, expensive stuff. So the rich dad for that idea of assets and liability also include buying material things that don't help you to make money. So don't buy physical goods whenever you get more money with the expectation that 
it will be a good investment. So this will include, yes, a bigger house, but fancier cars, house renovation, handbag, jewelry, and golf club. So not only do consumption goods not generate income, they also depreciate incredibly quickly. So example, a new car. Oh, yes, I will have a better car. So when I will decide to resell it, I will have <laughs> an, in, a good income. But no, because a new car will lose 25% of the price only when you drive off the lot. So that's one of the worst <laughs> investments you can do. That is not an asset, that is a liability. And to use and uh, to buy used goods instead of obsessing about it being new. So that's something that you can <laughs> start thinking about. So think about liability. It's all the thing that you have obligations. So paying your mortgage, that is a liability. Um, everything that you uh, have to pay. So your credit card, your everything, uh, every loan that you have is a liability. And assets, what are the real assets? Uh, it's business that don't require your presence. So a business that if you're not there, you're still going to make money. So that is one of the assets. Uh, having stock, bonds, funds, but you have to know about it, just like Maria said. If you don't really know about it, that's not a good way to start with your assets. Uh, income generating generating real, uh, real estate. So if you buy uh, under market property and after that you can resell them or you can if you are good to um construction and everything now you can rent them with a higher price so that's something that you can use and maybe if you have a, a intellectual property uh, music a script patent there's royalty so that's something that they um count as assets and anything that has value and will produce income and will appreciate over time and uh, has a ready market so yes real estate stock note and everything like that that will generate the um income that's something that we can call an asset so there's five tips from the rich dad that can help you so the first is the rich make their money work from for them so remember what we talked last week on friday so if you uh, haven't listened to the podcast on friday go back and listen to the podcast to understand how you can make your money work for you number two is that financial education it's your greatest asset you don't have any assets start with your financial education Number three is don't work to earn money, but work to learn. So make sure that where you work, you can always improve the skills that you have. Number four is know the difference between assets and liability, so you can make a better decision. And number five is reduce your spending as much as possible. So with those five tips from the rich dad, I hope it can help you go for assets and not liability. Oh my God, Melanie Miller, Marie-Pierre Tetro, I had to write it everywhere. Absolutely amazing. I think the way you explained it this morning, anybody that's interested in being truly financially free, this is the message for them. In the end, the only thing I can tell you is the majority of rich people work very, very hard. Do not kid yourself, okay? Uh, Marie-Pierre came on holidays, I had to tell her, 
take the day off. <laughs> okay, there she was, you know, with the lives, the team lives. Uh, we work very, very hard. Uh, and we work every day to learn more and more about money. Like Melanie Miller said to you, yes, this was advice I gave her like 10 years ago. And she listened to it. She didn't say, well, I have a doctorate degree. No, she has the discernment <clears throat> to say, well, if they are financially better off, then I'm going to listen. And she did. And again, I repeat, it was the best decision of her life. <clears throat> Melanie, same thing with me and Mohammed. <clears throat> Even if you can afford a bigger home, why would you do it? Why would you waste money? And a lot of times on social media, I watch Marie-Pierre, you know, <clears throat> we, we've watched many type of multi-level marketing businesses and they drive you to flash brand names. And as Yasmin said it once, she says, I'm not a billboard. Nobody's paying me to wear Louis Vuitton because at the end of the day, it's vinyl with leather pipings. And this is the common sense you need to have in the beginning uh, to start working for this. So, yes, a regular job is is a good solution, but it should be a regular job, a short term solution, because otherwise you get into the fear of not being able to pay your bills. You get into the fear of, of being fired. You get into the fear of not having enough money. You're getting into the fear of starting over. This is why my parents, it took them only one year. They got the job because yes, we do need it as a platform. Like Ahmed says, he goes, I'm using my company's money right now to learn through my mistakes. Because if you make mistakes in construction, you can go belly up very quickly. But if you work for somebody, which is great, but not too long where you end up being fearful. Dorothy, I'm sure right now this morning, you absolutely understand what I'm talking about. Because then you get into this a zone of fear. So don't be a slave to money. I love the way Melanie put it and get and start getting angry at your boss. I don't believe they did this. I, I think the worst place to be is in a teacher's cafeteria. Okay. Where we start bitching about everything that we have no control over. Don't be those people choose to work hard and make money work for you. Like my parents did in the beginning. Um, Mohammed took it to the next level where he didn't invest in RSPs. You know, he doesn't believe in the bank system. God bless him. He is so spot on. He literally has taken all the money and put it into real estate. And this is what I drive with my multi-level marketing business. You know, you have to build passive incomes that will equal your lifestyle once you're retired. So if you want to maintain this lifestyle, you know, that I, I am enjoying, I'm going to need $250,000 passive income coming in. That's what you need to build. That's what you need to do. And I know that our children, yours and mine, Melanie, will take it to a whole new level. Thank you for being with us. If you enjoyed, please share and we'll see each other tomorrow morning with chapter three. Bye-bye everyone. Thank you. Thank you.